passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Big Axe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am, well, I guess obligated is probably the right word, because uh, the Nuggets were obligated to play a basketball game tonight. Not excited to play a basketball game, and I'm not necessarily excited to record this podcast. As the Denver Nuggets drop a game to the Los Angeles Lakers in LA final score 121-110. I don't have a plan going into this podcast. I, I don't necessarily feel the need to do a rundown. Definitely don't feel the need to do a game plan. Uh, there's just a lot to dislike about the way that this game went for Denver. There's some understanding. There's definitely, I, I get it in some cases as to why the Nuggets probably didn't do well in this spot. This was absolutely a trap game, definitely not a situation where Denver has fared well in the past. I thought that this game was going to be at least close, at the very least close. Ultimately, it didn't prove that close at the end as the Lakers won by double digits. Here's the thing. The starters, I think, overall did their job. Like You're clocking in, clocking out. You do your job. That's what you're expecting. Jamal Murray, plus 13. KCP, plus 5. Jokic was net neutral, but Michael Porter was a plus 10. Aaron Gordon, plus 17. Plus 17 in a game the Nuggets lost by 11. That's pretty stark. That is pretty, pretty strong. And it's unfortunate because I do think that the Nuggets are going to be in situations like this, especially when the injury bug kind of hits you. Let's talk about the bench first, I guess. We'll talk about what happened, why this isn't necessarily something to be concerned about, but definitely something that uh, in the short term could absolutely bother Denver. Tonight, the Nuggets ran 11 players. Ish Smith was the primary backup point guard as Bones Highland was a late scratch from the rotation. Ish Smith only played eight minutes tonight. Two points, zero assists, zero rebounds, one turnover. Didn't really make an impact on the game in really any legitimate way. Uh, and then he was out in or after the first half and never returned in the second half due to a calf strain. And the Nuggets, as a result, were forced to go to a lineup that featured Bruce Brown at point guard for much of the second half. Or not the second half, but much of the bench stint. So much so that Jamal Murray 
had to come back into the game in the early part of the fourth quarter uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter because the Nuggets bench was absolutely cooked at that point. Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. That lineup only played about two and a half, three minutes or so, but there were minus 11 in that time and really just lost the game for Denver. It's too bad because the Nuggets starters at various points throughout this one, they had performed pretty well. They had gotten multiple leads, uh, had pushed a lead up to double digits in the in the first half. That ultimately disappeared and the Lakers were leading heading into halftime. But the bench lineup that the Nuggets were forced to kind of roll out there was as a result of a couple of factors. One, Bones Highland missing, just outright. It was a very odd time to get a scratch, but maybe he aggravated something during warmups. Ish Smith called upon to be that guy uh, to help lead the second unit. He, after eight minutes, couldn't do it in the second half. And then Michael Porter racked up four fouls in this game, but the fourth foul came very early in the third quarter. So in a situation that the Nuggets have had with Jokic before, where they have to really sit him until the fourth quarter, Michael Porter had to sit until right at the end of the third quarter when the damage was already done. He was usually the guy that staggered with the second unit. And when he played tonight, Denver actually played reasonably well. He didn't have his best shooting night overall, but he was a plus 10. There was definitely reason to believe that had he been able to be out there with that second unit, the Nuggets maybe win this game. But they don't. And it's hard to really blame anybody. Like, I don't know who to blame. Jamal Murray, he played 32 minutes tonight. Definitely not his fault uh, that he didn't play more because, look, this was his most, this was a season high in minutes for him. He's on the mend. He's on, he's trying to get back into the swing of things. And tonight was probably his best game of the season. Unfortunately, he can only play 32, and the Nuggets needed another point guard. Ish Smith played eight minutes, which means that Bruce Brown was the point guard for the other eight, and he was horrible during that time. No bones about it. Like There is a difference between being the point guard next to Nikola Jokic and being the point guard next to DeAndre Jordan. Now, I actually thought that Jordan had a pretty good game tonight. But he's not Nikola Jokic in that you can't just give him the ball as a pressure release and expect him to find people off of back cuts and DHOs and lots of post-up actions and things like that. That's not Jordan's game. He has to be spoon-fed the ball in a lot of situations. And there were times where he was. And I thought he actually, like 12 minutes, DeAndre Jordan, five points, six rebounds, one steal, two blocks. Pretty good. Definitely not an issue. But you look around at the rest of the team that was out there while DeAndre Jordan was out there. Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. Davon Reed only played three minutes and was a minus 11. He was out there for that entire stretch. But it's not like any of the other staggered lineups really did well either, because Bruce Brown in his minutes was minus 28 in 28 minutes. Jeff Green, minus 26 in 17 minutes. Christian Brown, minus 20 in 30 minutes. Everything the Nuggets threw out there with that bench unit tonight did not work. And they are going to have to throw some stuff at the wall in these next couple of games, especially if Bones and Ish Smith have to sit. Because Michael Porter 
if he is the linchpin for that, then and he gets into foul trouble, then that's an issue. But more importantly, like I think that Porter has to be set up in different situations. There were situations where Jeff Green was running pick and roll tonight, where he was chucking up floaters from outside the paint. And it's just like, man, is it is it has it really come to that? Is kind of where everybody's mind is at. Uh Bruce Brown ran a couple pick and rolls pretty well, but the majority of the pick and rolls that he ran didn't really go anywhere. So I'm it's hard for me to blame anybody because Bones Highland definitely had the sit. Ish Smith was sidelined. Jamal Murray can only play 32. It's not like he can play more. So I think the answer is probably going to have to be Jokic staggering with the second unit, unless Porter can be out there and just be magnificent. But that's going to involve a whole bunch of isolations. That's going to involve a whole bunch of uh, probably questionable shots that Porter can make, but not necessarily great flow to help get everybody else involved. So tough spot for him, tough spot for the Nuggets in this one. But you have to get through it. You have to. The lineup that you're facing out there from the Lakers featured guys like Wenyan Gabriel, Matt Ryan, Damian Jones. Anthony Davis played 37 minutes tonight, and most of that was with a bad back. And we're going to talk about why Jokic couldn't really outplay him in his minutes, but it's just very disappointing. Very disappointing from the bench. This was a game that Denver could have won had they got a net neutral from the bench. Instead, they were just completely torched. So it is what it is, but I don't expect this to sustain. Like This isn't one of those things that you look at and think, okay, everybody was out there. Everybody was in position to succeed and they couldn't do it. Some of those instances were earlier in the season where Denver, they had those guys and things just looked bad. The reason why Denver looked bad tonight was because they didn't have those guys. Bones Highland had just scored 26 points in 24 minutes. So it's not like, like I'm pretty sensitive to that for sure. I do think the answer going forward, you're going to have to stagger Murray or Jokic with that bench unit a little bit more. It can't just be Porter. And that's fine. But it's going to involve some extra minutes. It's going to involve Jokic uh, really wanting to command things with that second unit. And it won't involve as many minutes from DeAndre Jordan. That's probably fine. Like I've always wanted Denver and, and thought that Denver should play Jokic for six minutes, sit him for a few, then have him come in and play the Michael Porter rotation where he comes in at like the two-minute mark in the first quarter exits at the eight-minute mark of the second quarter, then comes in for the final four or five minutes of the second. Like I think that makes sense for the team that Denver has structured here, but it's not going to happen. So we'll just have to see. Maybe they'll play around with it and be a little bit better, but I've got to imagine that Denver, they have to feel like they let one get away. And honestly, it's not, not a surprise. The bench for the Lakers really came to play. And their starters, the, the guys that played a lot of minutes, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lonnie Walker. I mean, Lonnie Walker hit a lot of outside shots, three of five from three. He's been horrible spacing the floor so far this year. Russell Westbrook hit two threes. You take away three of those threes and Denver probably wins this game 
because they focus up a little bit at the end. But I don't know. Like it definitely felt like Denver let this one slip. And whether you care about it or not, more likely depends on whether you have Denver winning 54 games or 50, 52 games. And like I just don't think that this is going to be a sustainable thing, a sustainable issue, as long as Ish Smith and Bones Highland get back relatively soon. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the starters in a little bit more depth and why they didn't perform up to snuff at the end there. We'll be right back. Second segment here, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's talk a little bit about Superbook Sports just before we get back in here. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now that football season is afoot, basketball season is afoot, they will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let's get back into this thing. I want to talk about the starters and effort, and we'll talk about LA Nightlife here too real quick, just because I'm I'm trying to hold back, and I, I... Wrote about this just a little bit that, like, look, it's Halloween weekend. You're in LA. You spent Saturday night there. You've got a Sunday night game against a team that you just handled. This was always going to be a spot where the Nuggets probably weren't going to give their maximum effort. And they didn't. They lived up to that billing. I definitely think that once Denver fully locks in and wants to be the team that they can be, then they don't lose these games. They don't like they take advantage of a team in the Lakers where, okay, you're going to play hard. We're going to play harder and we are going to outpace you no matter how many threes you think you're going to hit, no matter whether you, you have a really strong offensive night or not. The Nuggets got outworked and it wasn't just the bench. I think the bench obviously was the one that lost this game if we're really boiling things down to it. Jeff Green was a minus 26. Bruce Brown was a minus 28. The Nuggets lost this game by 11. The starters are in those minutes that those guys didn't play. Denver won those minutes by 15 and 17 points, respectively. So I'm not here trying to overly push the blame onto the starters because sometimes you can get caught up in these things in the moment where, okay, the Lakers have already pushed it back. It's on the starters to really recover. They have a chance to recover and they don't. Well, it doesn't necessarily make it all their fault. But in this case, and this is sort of a sort of a thing that keeps happening at the beginning of the season. Nikola Jokic, it, it sort of feels like he's not here entirely. Or at least not that massively strong competitor that he was always pushed to be 
where you can self-motivate, you can get up for these spots, you're in a competitive position where the opposing team, they're coming at you, and you have an opportunity to go right back. You have an opportunity to set the tone because they can't guard you, and you're going to go prove it. And it just never felt like Jokic really settled into that. He was 8 of 16 from the field tonight, but 1 of 5 from 3. That means he was 7 of 11 from 2, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. And he did miss a couple layups, but other than like just a couple of easy shots that he screwed up, he could get anywhere he wanted to go. There was no question as to whether he could get to those spots. He made an active choice to not do that. And I can understand being a little bit tentative in some of these situations because Jamal Murray takes 21 shots. I'm the biggest Jamal Murray fan in the media. And even I'm like, okay, 21 shots, probably too many. There's definitely some times where Murray's trying to get the team going and he's not quite at the level where you can just take 21 shots and expect to keep pace with a team that's shooting even better than you. But it's not entirely his fault here. He's trying to make up for some of the other poor play that's going on around him. But Jokic in these situations was always the guy that you could look to, think, okay, all else fails, you go to this guy, and he can bring you home, no matter what the situation is. And it's not like he didn't get help. Murray offered 21 points, five assists, just one turnover. Aaron Gordon. 18 points, 7 of 11 from the field, hit three threes tonight. He exceeded his season-long total for threes. Went from 2 of 19 to 3 of 4 tonight, which makes him 5 of 23 on the season, but you're trying to get the right direction after that point. He had to guard LeBron for the entire time. That's a tough assignment. Jokic, yes, he had to guard AD, and AD made some tough shots, But there's no reason that Jokic should be out-rebounded by Anthony Davis. Ever. Like, there's just never a reason. He can push Anthony Davis around. And probably should push Anthony Davis around when he has the back issues that Davis has been having. Jokic, in those situations, should absolutely be looking to assert his dominance. That's what this team needed. Especially at the various situations where... Okay, the shooting kind of dries up a little bit from the outside. The bench goes on a bad run. Here comes Jokic to calm things down. And the numbers look good. Like 23 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. And he did have 2 blocks, so it's not like he didn't do anything. But it didn't really feel like he did enough. There were opportunities to do so, certainly. And sometimes it just felt like he was a bystander to what was going on. Very uh, not necessarily abnormal because he's done this before, and especially at the beginning of this season, he's done it relatively frequently. He doesn't want to be the three-time MVP. That's pretty clear. That's that's pretty pretty clear. However, he's going to have to be early on in the season if the Nuggets are going to win games, because it's partially on him that the Lakers scored 121 points. Anthony Davis scored over him. LeBron James scored over him. Lonnie Walker scored over him. Wenyon Gabriel, I think both of his baskets came against Jokic. Russell Westbrook got past Jokic in transition. 
Austin Reeves was the guy that Jokic kind of sagged off of. And Austin Reeves hit two threes tonight. He, once he locks in, there aren't going to be any concerns. There's not going to be like, I, I just see a very tangible difference between the Jokic that we're seeing right now and the Jokic that really massively cares. And it's kind of disheartening to be in this situation year after year where there's just these various moments in time where you just don't really know what to say as an analyst because you know what Jokic can do. I know what Jokic can do. And it just it never really happened. So, okay. Rather than belabor that, let's talk about some positives. Like I mentioned, Aaron Gordon, three of four from three tonight. That is a good sign. He even hit a couple, like he had a sidestep three. He hit a pull-up three. He hit a spot-up three. There were some good shots from AG tonight. He had another couple dunks, had a couple blocks, was a plus 17 in a game the Nuggets lost by 11 points. So he played his part. Jamal Murray, I think, played his part too. 21 points on 21 shots. Doesn't really scream efficiency here, but he had some high degree of difficulty shots. And it really is just about the look. Like he looks back. He looks like the player that he was. Does he have the burst to get to the lane as quickly as he used to? I don't think so. I don't think he's got that burst back quite yet, but he's still creating some of these tough shots and hitting some fallaways. So going nine of 21 and three of seven from three, that's pretty good. Maybe there are a couple of shots here or there that he can cut out, but if he went nine of 18, I'd feel a little bit better, but it's still good. It's still very reasonable what he's doing. Michael Porter, we talked about the foul trouble a little bit earlier, but uh, was a little bit off today. Five of 15 from the field, three of 10 from three, but he did get up three threes, got to the free throw line five times, still scored 17 points and grabbed nine rebounds. He was on the glass once again. That's a really encouraging sign. He's putting in work. There's no doubt about that. And while there are still a couple of possessions here or there where the defense with him especially looks pretty lost, I can't really point to him specifically tonight and say, oh yeah, that was the issue. I just think that there's there's something missing. There's some sort of like oomph, chutzpah, missing from the starting unit right now. And I don't know what it is. I don't know whether they're just waiting it out. I don't know whether it's because it's October. I don't know whether it's because last night was a really nice opportunity to go out and hang out in LA, but there was just not a lot of oomph behind what the Nuggets were able to do. Porter started the game and opened up with two threes. And that was probably the most exciting moments of the game for Denver. They were just playing. They weren't really competing. And that's kind of a tough place to be. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will wrap up with some final thoughts on this game and where the Nuggets kind of go from here. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll final segment here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, let's, let's wrap up. Uh, two more things on this game. Jamal Murray's defense, I didn't think was at the place where it needed to be. 
there are definitely some moments where LeBron is LeBron and he, he kind of powered through Murray on a couple of occasions and uh, that's tough. That's, that's tough for him to really deal with, especially at this stage, but uh, probably have to be a little bit stronger in those situations and also probably have to be a little bit quicker in situations where he's guarding Russell Westbrook one-on-one. I do think that Denver could probably give him a little bit more help uh, when he's on an island one-on-one and has to try to guard one of the shiftiest players in the NBA and Russ, but that is what it is. Like, I think Yoke in those situations could probably give a little bit more help. What's the worst that can happen? Is Anthony Davis going to shoot a three? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's basically cutting off his three-point shot because he was hitting 16% from shots outside the paint heading into tonight. So, I don't know. Denver's probably got a little bit of work to do on that front, but it was good to see KCP back on the team and back kind of one-game absence here. Nine points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal, two blocks. Pretty good. And then it was good to see Davon Reed back, although only played three minutes. Not good minutes either, but had uh, an absence due to personal reasons. And that's a uh, that's a definite uh, good sign that he's back at least. All right. Kind of some wrap-up thoughts here. The Nuggets are in a really tough situation over this next month. Not necessarily from a competition standpoint, but from a travel standpoint. Uh, my colleague and good friend Adam Morris over at DNVR, he pointed this out. And I, looking at the schedule here, during the month of November, it's going to be pretty difficult for the Nuggets. At least until the very end of the month. Over the course of these, these next uh, 13 games, here's where Denver is going to be playing each game. The city where Denver will play each game in sequential order. At Oklahoma City, home in Denver, at San Antonio, at Indiana, at Boston, at Chicago, home in Denver, at Dallas, at Dallas, home in, uh, home in Denver, at Oklahoma City, at Los Angeles, home in Denver. There is a lot of travel. There is a lot of travel for the Nuggets over the course of this next month. And it's going to be a very busy one. It's probably going to be a pretty busy one for me, too. I know I'm going to go on that Dallas trip. Might go to Boston. Might go to Chicago. Uh, Probably not going to LA or OKC. But it does seem like a pretty interesting opportunity for Denver, despite the fact that some of these teams are relatively easy on the schedule. But this is going to be a big test for the Nuggets. And it's unfortunate now that it's like Bones Highland is starting to deal with some nagging stuff. Ish Smith was forced to leave the game. KCP, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray had to sit out uh, for one back-to-back. There's a back-to-back on game 17 and game 18 of the season. So that's uh, November 22nd and 23rd. So he'll sit out one of those for sure. And it wouldn't surprise me if he sat out on one of the games on the road trip when Denver goes to San Antonio, Indiana, Boston, and Chicago plays those games uh, off day on day, off day on day. So it's going to be interesting. This is going to be a fascinating part of Denver's schedule because you look through, you'll just look through those names and it's definitely not the, the murderer's row of elite teams, but San Antonio is six and one somehow or not, not six and one. I think they're like five and two. Let me just refresh and make sure. Yeah, they're five and two. 
and Denver plays them twice. Um, Indiana's won a couple games. Boston is playing great basketball right now. OKC's playing pretty well. Chicago, uh, they're fine. They're not great. New York is better. Dallas is, I mean, Luka is playing out of his mind right now. They play him twice. Detroit with Kate Cunningham, they're a little bit more competitive, though not very good. And then they play OKC twice. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. It is going to be a tough schedule for Denver. And they're going to need to figure some things out. As we mentioned with the bench, if Bones Highland is forced out for a prolonged period of time, Denver's in a really tough spot. They're going to have to stagger Murray in all likelihood. They'll probably have to stagger Jokic a little bit more. Maybe play DeAndre Jordan less and Jokic more. Or they'll play small ball and then try to stagger Jokic's minutes in a little bit of a different way. But this is definitely an opportunity for Bruce Brown to step up in a big way. Didn't have his best game tonight, but he can. Like he, He's a good player, good competent player. And is going to need to start making some more point guard reads in general. It's a good opportunity for Michael Porter, who in this situation is going to be the number one scorer on a lot of different nights. And he'll have a lot of opportunities to shoot. Wasn't efficient tonight, or at least not as efficient as he usually is. And he can be better. There are definitely some opportunities for him to do so. But I'm looking for Denver to show some chutzpah. During this time, they've got to start showing some some effort here, because in a lot of these games where Denver's traveling, the defense doesn't travel with them. The effort, the willingness, the want to, uh, the competitiveness is just lacking. That's really surprising. Like I I know that they view the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers in completely different lights. They view the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers and Utah Jazz all differently. Like, they don't respect the Utah Jazz. They didn't respect the Portland Trailblazers. That will probably change in the next matchup. But it just strikes me as a team, Denver, that they have to feel pushed. They have to feel challenged. And maybe that's why they're good when guys miss time. Maybe that's why in general, like maybe this this one took them by surprise, but Maybe that's why when they approach games without a player or two, they have a little bit more focus because they know it's going to be more of a challenge. I don't know if that's true. That's a complete hypothesis, but it does strike me that this team, when they're at full strength, seems to be a little bit less than when they're uh, kind of down a man or two. So I hope that they can recover a little bit. I hope that they can show off just a little bit more uh, spunk and Jokic really grabs the the bull by the horns here and just kicks it into a new gear because the Nuggets are going to need it. Like in these situations, OKC, San Antonio, Indiana, Boston, Chicago, there are some situations where Jokic is going to have to score 30 plus. He's only done it twice this year so far. He's going to have to really go for it. And there's not going to be a lot of opportunities where he can just shoot the ball 10 times and Denver's going to be okay. And it's not even about that all the time. It's about how he plays. If he draws the defense and only shoots 10 times, then Denver's still probably winning the game because defenses have to respect him. 
I don't know if Denver or I don't know if opponents respect Denver's other options as much. They definitely don't. Like they will let Jamal Murray score or shoot 20 times and they'll feel okay about it, especially now. That might be different in 20 games. Right now, they're probably okay with it. They'll let Aaron Gordon shoot threes. They'll let KCP uh, run DHO and try to hit that pull-up jumper that he's really missed a lot lately. They will let Denver go crazy. But if Jokic can really start drawing the attention and can just dominate the interior, that's a little bit different. Makes things easier for just about everybody else. This next game is against OKC. He has an opportunity to do it. Like I know that OKC kind of gives them some issues because they shrink the floor. They allow Denver to shoot. The last time Denver played OKC, they hit 23s. They just shot the hell out of the ball. It's not going to happen again. I feel very strongly about Denver not being able to hit 23s again against OKC. So they're going to have to dominate the paint. Whether they can or not, that'll probably tell me all I need to know. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Tough loss for Denver. Uh, Not a lot of effort here. Hopefully that turns around relatively soon, but... As the calendar kind of turns to November, Denver's got a few off days here between this game, uh, this Sunday night game, and then next Thursday against OKC. They're going to have three off days, two practice days. Hopefully they can make the most of it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.